You're listening to Grow Yourself Up, a weekly mental health podcast hosted by Kath Cunahan. I'm a psychotherapist, writer, and speaker working in private practice in London. I specialize in the impact of our own childhood on our parenting and how we can heal and integrate our childhood trauma, wounding, and stress so that we can inhabit our full adult selves. Join us each week as we talk about all things growing ourselves up, how we can tend to ourselves in our parenting, generational healing, and overcoming the impacts of childhood trauma. Together, we will become more self-compassionate, connected, authentic, resilient, and heart-centered, so we can live our own full and beautiful lives. As a listener of this podcast, you're welcome to come over and join the Facebook group. So search on Facebook for Grow Yourself Up. It's a private Facebook group of all the listeners. And did you know there are journal prompts that go along with every episode? So sign up for the journal prompts on kathcunahan.com or go to my Instagram, kathcunahan, and sign up at the link in the bio there. And you will get my newsletter, Nurture, Heal, Grow, which contains all the journal prompts. Looking forward to seeing you in the Facebook group. The podcast is produced each week by the wonderful Audio Cafe. Thanks for being here. Hello, welcome back. It's episode 38 of Grow Yourself Up, and today we're going to focus on the topic of shame. Now, shame is a huge, huge topic, but why it's really, really important to talk about it is that in dysfunctional families, there's always a thread of shame that runs through the family. And often this operates out of awareness, so we have a kind of a core of shame and we do everything in our power not to experience that shame. And instead, we try and be good and perfect and make things look really, really shiny because the experience of feeling shame is so painful. So in this episode, we're going to talk a bit about shame, and I'm going to give you a little bit of background about um, where it originates and a few stories, but there's more to say on this. It's a kind of a topic which is a bit of a sticky topic because often we don't want to talk about it and we may feel, oh, I don't have shame. I'm like very shiny, therefore I don't have shame. But often those of us who try and get things the most perfect or the most shiny or are the, like, the most intelligent or the most good at problem solving or productive are actually the ones with the most shame because we're desperately trying to get away from that shame. And I once heard Brené Brown describe shame and perfectionism as two sides of the same coin, and I would definitely agree with that. So um, if you are a perfectionist or if you identify as someone who feels like they really need to get everything right, um, then this is definitely for you, even if it doesn't feel like you um, have a sense of shame. Just to sort of introduce us gently to this topic, I'm going to read you something from Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly. And she asks the question, what is shame and why is it so hard to talk about? And she says this about shame. We all have it. Shame is universal and one of the most primitive human emotions that we experience. The only people who don't experience shame lack the capacity for empathy and human connection. Secondly, she says, we're all afraid to talk about shame. And thirdly, the less we talk about shame, the more control it has over our lives. That is absolutely the truth. One of my main purposes for being here, for being on this podcast, for being on Instagram, for being sort of public about talking about things is that 
we need to break down shame more and see how we are all so similar in many ways. And it's shame that keeps us silent. It's shame that keeps us sick. And it's shame that keeps us separate. So everything about Grow Yourself Up actually is about breaking down shame, busting through that so that we know that we are not separate and that we actually, many of us are very similar. Um, with this, like a lot of common humanity across many of our experiences. But because we're all trying so hard to make things look shiny, we kind of miss that. That point about shame keeps us sick, I think is really, really relevant for early postpartum time because in early postpartum, we, we get into motherhood. Um, often many of us have used perfectionism to survive in our lives, to manage the challenges of the, the childhood home we grew up in, and then that's often helped us thrive actually in our careers. And so then we try and perfect motherhood and there's absolutely no way that can be done. And the terrible shame comes up around that, that somehow we've missed something or we just really defective and we, everyone else is sort of acing this and we just not. And the shame is a real double bind because it keeps us thinking we're not doing it right. And then it also acts to keep us quiet because we're like, Oh my word, like I really have missed the memo or something. Like, how come I can't sort of optimize this? And that's something that I see quite a lot in the therapy room. And I very much felt like that as well, that somehow there was so much shame that I couldn't make it all kind of right. And that is, in fact, um, the trap that we think we can make it all right. And part of growing ourselves up is actually welcoming in the fact that we can't and that that's a, um, a false premise because that's something that we learned in childhood because we were not fully seen. So I know I'm sort of throwing a lot of stuff at you here. Let me back up a little bit and just talk about the origins of shame. So shame that I'm talking about now is the kind of chronic shame that we have from growing up in a family where we were not seen, where we didn't get our needs met, where we were not validated, where there wasn't space for us as a child. Now, this happens for many reasons. Very commonly, it's that we are tending to our parents' needs instead of them tending to ours. So that'll happen if we have a mother who has got a lot of her own wounds. Commonly, people describe this as a narcissistic mother, where it's all about the mother as opposed to being about tending to the child's needs. So it'll be about being like the mother's best friend, her confident, making her feel better about stuff, minimizing ourselves, minimizing our needs. Just being there to be a, like almost like a best friend to a mother, which across the mother child dynamic when the child is in childhood is not appropriate because that's never meant to be the role of a child. Shame arises relationally. And what that means is we need as children, one of our key, key needs is to be mirrored. So we, we first know ourselves through our parents knowing us. Our parents hold us in mind. And they give us language to describe ourselves, and they reflect that back to us. And that is how we come to know that we are good enough. I'm aware this might sound a little bit abstract, so I'm going to try and give you an example of um, how we see ourselves. So when we when we look into our mother's face and we're like a young toddler and we're playing with water and we're splashing around and we're giggling and we're laughing and we're enjoying ourselves, our mother will mirror us by gazing into our eyes and laughing with us. 
and um, enjoying the display that we're doing with our water cups or if we're throwing water on the ground or something. She will laugh too. She will match her affect and she will um, delight in us. So that real sense of delight, we see that. We don't need our, like our brain is not fully developed, but we, we feel this on a nervous system level. We feel the delight. We pick up all these signs of safety and joy coming from her as she sees us playing. The mirroring is that I am lovable. I am okay. She sees me. She sees me in my play. And obviously the dad also does this mirroring. Um, but there's, there's a constant kind of dance of our children seeking us out and we, we respond. And often this is, um, nonverbal. So it's, it's, it's the, um, the laughing with the looking into their eyes, the, the kind of the voice which says, Oh, I see you having so much fun. Look at you. Isn't that wonderful? or participating in the splashing of the water, or also pouring. And there's multiple, um, what are they called, interactions that go like this throughout the day. And the child learns, oh, I'm lovable. Um, I'm here. I'm validated. Um, and words do contribute to this a lot, but it's a lot of what is going on like all of the time, which you might not even be aware of. And when we don't get enough mirroring, and when we are not seen for who we are and validated for who we are, so we might be told the message, you're too much, you have too many big emotions, you overwhelm me, you need to put your emotions away so that you can tend to me, we land up with a sense of shame because we we, we can't speak this, obviously, because this is happening, um, it starts to happen kind of around the second year of life. We can't kind of decode this um, as an adult necessarily, or we might not have words for this, but when we are not met in our needs, when we are not validated, when no one delights in us, we land up getting a, f a feeling of um, chronic shame. And if a parent is mentally unwell or very, very depressed or um, very physically exhausted, or and, and this is on a continuous basis, or there's addiction in the household, or um, the parents are emotionally unavailable, it's very common that we develop a sense of, of shame. So we've talked about mirroring being an important part of us being witnessed as children. Um, rupture and repair is also a really important part of, of, um, of not being left with a sense of, with a sense of chronic shame because we know, well, our, our parents cannot do things perfectly for us, but in generations previously, there's been no acknowledgement, well, not much of how much, um, like, for example, when a parent loses their temper, we, as a young child, are left with a sense of, oh, it's something about me. I am bad if they don't apologize and repair afterwards. Because when children are rightly narcissistic, and what that means is they think everything is about them. So they think the world revolves around them and that they kind of cause things or that if, if a parent is behaving in a certain way, it's their fault. And so... When we apologize and say, Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was, I was feeling really stressed or I was really grumpy. I know that was scary for you. We take back the shame from our children, if that makes sense. Because otherwise we, they get lodged with a sense of I'm somehow defective when we kind of put all our stuff onto them. Now, this obviously cannot be done perfectly. And please note that I'm talking about things along a continuum. And I'm talking about chronic shame or toxic shame where that, that's a lot of, um, we have like not had our needs met. Um, 
over a continuous, consistent basis. And the reason I'm kind of laboring this point is because I know that many of us listening are um, breaking cycles in our own family. And so we listen out for anything about how we need to treat our children now. And so I don't want you to kind of get into a, a, um, a mess around, oh dear, have I given my children toxic shame now? Because if you're working on rapture and repair, if you're owning your own stuff, if you are tending to the relationship, that is enough. I really want you to hear that. Um, but for many of us, we were left with it. We weren't tended to in our emotions. There wasn't space for our big emotions. So that's why the tending to what's often referred to as negative emotions, huge feelings, is really important because otherwise we leave a child with a sense of, I am bad for having these emotions. And they're not bad. It's just these are all very human emotions, but we haven't really made space for that um, in society and in our families. Yeah, I hope that um, kind of gives you some comfort. I know that I, as a cell breaker, I'm always looking out for, you know, when I hear, when you hear people talk about what was, um, what was done to them or how, what families we grew up in, I'm always thinking, how can I not do that going forward? And I know that many of you are also doing that. So please hear me, please, um, please know that when you're focusing on rupture and repair, when you're working on your own stuff, when you're prioritizing the relationship, when you're creating space for your own children's feelings, that is enough. We really have to be gentle and kind to ourselves on this journey. Shame is a heavy topic because it's so painful to talk about the areas in which we don't feel we're good enough. And often when things are going well, we don't even want to kind of um, look at these aspects of ourselves. But when we have a kind of a, a narrative around when we're trying to get things really perfect all the time, first, firstly, and when we're trying to get things right and we don't tolerate any mistakes and we feel like problems are a huge issue, that's often an indication, and we're doing a lot of people pleasing, that's often an indication that there's chronic shame at play. And when we get right down to it, underneath it are the messages of, I'm unlovable, I can't get anything right, I suck, this is all my fault. And it boils down to that sense of, I am not good enough. The key thing that I want you to get out of this episode is that the shame voices do not speak the truth. We're not meant to be trying to get things more right or doing more or pleasing more people. What we actually want to do is address the shame to tend to ourselves, to tend to our inner child, to over time learn that we are good enough. And those messages we got in childhood were not true. But because the actual experience of shame, so when we feel like we've got something wrong or when our child is doing something and um, it touches our own shame, the experience of it is such a bodily experience that we want to get away from that as quick as possible. It's it's a very visceral um, physiological experience of shame. Um, brain fog can come over us. We often, our posture kind of crunches inward. We feel very distressed in our body. It can be, everyone has got different sensations for this, but it, um, I get like a crunching tummy, a lot of tension in my chest. And so because of how painful it is to experience this, we often turn from it and just try and keep on doing more or, or being nicer or saying yes to that project, which you have no capacity for. And as a child, it would have been a danger signal, the sense of shame, because it would have been a break in connection or there was going to be violence when you felt that or um, abuse or there was a, um, you were being gaslighted or your needs were being denied or something. And so 
that sense of shame gives us a sense of danger of, oh, I need to do something. One of the key things now is to learn that that shame is part of an old story. The shame voices do not speak the truth. They do not speak the truth. And a huge, huge part of breaking down our own shame is sharing about how we feel, letting others in, shining a light on it. And so, yeah, I'm really, I'm going to keep this episode short so that you can really focus on, I suggest that you notice when you um, get triggered into doing more, into saying yes to things, into when you want to get things perfect. When our shame gets triggered in parenting, we can tend to really start trying to control our children. We may fly into a rage about something. So I want you to just think this week, as you go through your week, notice when you start to get very active in doing things like pleasing, overworking, perfecting, trying to control your child, because it's likely that there's shame there. And if you can just turn gently to yourself to ponder about what is going on, we're going to be doing a lot more about this. And I'll share some, um, a lot of stories with you around this so you can make sense of it. Okay. Take good care. Go well into your week. You've been listening to Grow Yourself Up, hosted by Kath Cunahan. We'll be back next week with a new episode supporting you to better understand and tend to yourself for more heart-centered, connected, authentic, and resilient living. Music